Well, Chris, we're, we're very different than a lot of organizations. We're not that large in size. And we always focus on using the nationals, using the indigenous ministries, pastors, missionaries, evangelists, those who are working on the front lines. And so as we go into a, a country, as God has placed it on our heart, and we feel led toward exploring that, we may try, we try to build networks of those national partners. This is a strategy that we have used for years now. This is Charisma Connection. I'm Chris Johnson on the Charisma Podcast Network. And today we get to speak to someone who takes God's word around the world. That would be John Podiety. He is president and CEO of Bibles for the World. So welcome, John. Thank you, Chris. It's a blessing to be here with you today. And we feel the same about you. Now, the Bibles for the World is uh, based in Colorado, I understand, and you are not a translation organization, but you mainly distribute the scriptures, don't you? Could you tell us about that? That's right, Chris. We try to focus on strategic distribution of God's Word, especially where we see uh, things happening, where the, where the Holy Spirit is working, and we know that uh, you know people, as they're being reached and come to Christ, they need God's word. And so we will use our scriptures both in the evangelism, try to provide those to people who are going out, uh, indigenous, national missionaries, pastors, uh, ministries, churches, and also in the follow-up of that as, as new believers come to Christ, we like to provide them with at least New Testament, sometimes the whole Bible. Mm-hmm. Now, you have never gotten into the translation side. Why is that? Well, actually, it's interesting because our, our organization grew out of my father's work in translation. The gospel came to our people in the year 1910. It came to us in a different language. A single copy of the Gospel of John came to my grandfather's village. The people, most of them still couldn't read, but they knew it was something important. And so they sent a message back to the missionary who had sent it and said, please, sir, come and explain the meaning of this book. So that that missionary knew that was a call from God. That was his Macedonian call. And so he came and hiked through, trekked throughout the jungles up to my grandfather's village more than seven days on foot, defying the British government authorities' orders so that he could share the gospel with our people. That missionary, he was a young man from Wales, only 22 years old. He spent only five days with our people in the village. But in that time, the Holy Spirit spoke through him, and he was able to convey the message of salvation through Jesus Christ. And five young men gave their hearts to Christ, and my grandfather was one of those. He was one of those early Christians, and um, that missionary, after that, he left saying he would come back. But when he got back to the British outpost, the British authorities were very upset with him. And so they 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 banished him from the area, first from the district and then the state and eventually out of India altogether as he tried to uh, maintain contact with our people. But you know, Chris, the, the seed of God's word had been planted among our people and it spread like wildfire across our hills from hut to hut, from village to village. 
my grandfather and those other early Christians shared the gospel message, the good news of Jesus Christ with anyone who would listen to them. And, you know, within uh, that first 30 years, before World War II and the, the Japanese invaded our area, almost every single village in our tribe had been reached with the gospel. Hmm. Now, That's come back amazing. Tonight. Yeah, it, it's an amazing story of how God works. Tell us about your tribe in Northeast India. What were they like before Christ? Well, Chris, you know, before the gospel came to our people, of course, the British ruled across India, and they kept extending their empire across into our area. And because of that constant encroachment of our traditional tribal land, our people um, went down one night and raided a British tea plantation. And one night they took 500 heads of all the tea mm. plantation workers and they, they kidnapped the tea manager's daughter. And so we had this reputation as one of the fiercest headhunting tribes in the entire British Empire. And that's what makes the story of transformation so amazing. As you see how our people have now, after the gospel came, have, it has spread across our tribe. It has, our people have reached out to the neighboring tribes. We now have missionaries in almost every state of India. We have missionaries in neighboring countries like Burma, Bhutan, Nepal, even as far away as Cambodia, South Korea, we've, we've also sent a missionary to, and, and Japan. And it's just amazing. And you see this amazing transformation only the power, by the power of God and his Holy Spirit that we can say that God has transformed our people completely, entirely, from headhunters to heart hunters for Jesus Christ. <laughs> That is phenomenal. Thank you for sharing that. And it just points to the power of the gospel, doesn't it? Amen. Amen. And, you know, my, my grandfather, my grandparents, in their own simplicity, they knew that we had to have God's word in our own language. We were still working from a different language, a neighboring language. That was the only scripture we had. And so when my father was 10 years old, they dedicated him to get the education needed to translate God's word into the language of our people, into the Mar language. And that was, you know, in their own innocent way, they just knew this was something that our people needed. And that set dad on a journey that led him out of our jungle hills into other parts of India and eventually to Scotland and to America as he pursued that dream of, of translating the Bible into our language. Yes, I, I read about this, and I understand that he went to Wheaton College. Yes, that's correct. Uh, Dad was blessed to uh, have God put people in his path, is all I can say, along the way. And while he was a student in, in junior college and college in India, he met a, a Dr. Bob Pierce, who went on to found World Vision and Samaritan's Purse. And Dr. Bob and he became lifelong friends, and uh, Dr. Bob helped arrange for Dad to go to Glasgow Bible Institute first. And while he was there, God brought another person to Scotland, a guy by the name of Billy Graham. 
<laughs> for the All Scotland Crusade. And Dr. Graham, as he moved around that country for three months, dad was volunteering at the crusade in promotion and counseling. And I guess he caught Dr. Graham's eye. And uh, so uh, Dr. Graham called him up to his hotel room and said, I've seen you around here. Tell me your story. Uh, where are you from and what are you doing here? And dad told him that he comes from this little tribe in Northeast India. And he's here studying God's word so he can translate it into the language of his people. And Dr. Graham said, we got to get you to Wheaton. And so he mm -hmm. made a phone call and dad was accepted to Wheaton College Graduate School of Theology. And, uh, and that's where he continued his work in the translation with the guidance of the wonderful professors and, and colleagues there. And uh, that's where he finished the New Testament uh, in the early 60s. Phenomenal. So that was before your organization was actually formed, correct? Right. At that time, Chris, it was an indigenous church, a national church, and it was just spreading from our tribe and across our tribe and then from our tribe to the neighboring tribes. And uh, we had sort of a, a little mission there along with the indigenous church that was trying to provide education but uh, it was not Bibles for the world at the time. It was only later after dad completed the translation of the Bible, whole Bible into our language in the early 70s, that he was praying, God, what is the next task? What is the next challenge that you have for me? And that's when God spoke to him and said, I want you to take my word to people all over India to send this to send the Bible to people across the world. And that's that's when the, uh, the vision for Bibles for the world started. And it started with India sending copies of the New Testament to all the telephone subscribers across that country. And it moved on from there to other neighboring countries. And by God's grace here, 45 years later, We've been blessed to be able to, to provide God's word in over 120 countries around the world. 120 countries. So on what continents are you working on or are you missing some of the continents? <laughs> you know, I don't know if we send any to, uh, I don't know if we sent any to Antarctica, but other than that, we have been <laughs> active on all continents of the world. Well, that's a pretty good reach, I would say. <laughs> we have been very blessed by the Lord to, to be given these opportunities over the years. Mm -hmm. Well, what, what size of an organization is Bibles for the World, and do you mainly use missionaries to carry out your work? Well, Chris, we're, we're very different than a lot of organizations. We're not that large in size. And we always focus on using the nationals, using the indigenous ministries, pastors, missionaries, evangelists, those who are working on the front lines. And so as we go into a, a country, as God has placed it on our heart and we feel led toward exploring that, we may try, we try to build networks of those national partners. This is a strategy that we have used for years now. And it comes out of our own background in Northeast India because no missionaries were allowed in our area, yet our entire 
tribe, our entire people group, and so many of the neighboring people groups were evangelized by their own people. And so we want to go into a country, whether it be Nepal or Thailand or Cambodia or Malawi or Burkina Faso or, or Guatemala, or, and we want to strengthen the local people there, the local Christians to reach out to their own people. They can do it far better than we can. They can do it more effectively, more cost effectively, more efficiently than we can coming in from outside. But if we're there, as we hear that God is working, the Holy Spirit is in action. Uh, and these people, this church, this ministry is going out and reaching their fellow people, then we want to be there and provide God's word for them. So at any given time, we may have about five to eight countries that we're actively focusing on. And right mm -hmm. now we have a, we always have an ongoing focus in India. There's such a tremendous need. The most unreached people groups in the world are in, in the country of India. We've also been mm -hmm. working in nearby countries of Nepal, where we've put together a network of over 2000 national frontline workers, pastors, evangelists, and missionaries who are, are providing God's word across that country. By God's grace, we've now provided two and a half million Gospels of John for them to use to equip them as they go out and share the wonderful message of salvation through Jesus Christ with their fellow Nepalis. We're also working in places like Bhutan, in Thailand, in Cambodia. I was just there at the end of last year. And we've been also working in China which is an amazing opportunity God has opened up to us to provide God's word legally, freely inside the country of China. And so mm. in the last three years, we have provided nearly a million Gospels of John and over 50,000 Bibles, New Testaments, and study Bibles to the people in China. We are able to provide them to the Christians, and as we provide them God's word, their own copy of God's word. Many of them, some of them we've met, they've been followers of Christ for 50 years and they've never had their own Bible. And as we go into yeah. some of the rural areas, we provide them not only with their own copy and it's so precious to them, but we also provide them with 20, 30 gospels of John say, please share this message with your neighbors, with people you come into contact with. And this has been the approach we've had in China. Another area that we've been focusing on is providing scripture at festivals and crusades where someone, one of our partners, it may be Luis Palau, could be Franklin Graham, Luis Palau's son, Andrew Palau, and a number of others. We provide God's word so that not only do they hear the message, during the festival or crusade, but everybody who attends that, that meeting will go away with their own copy of the Gospel of John. And we know that there's been a tremendous amount of effort, a tremendous amount of prayer that's gone into those events. And at the same time, in a lot of these cultures and countries, the decision to follow Christ is not something you can always make right on the spot. Of course, the Holy Spirit moves so many in those audiences to come forward and accept Jesus as their Savior. But at the same time, there are many who want to think about it. They want to take it home. They, yeah. want, to, they want to meditate on it. They want to share it with their family. They want to talk it over. For many 
people in these countries and cultures, it's a family decision. And it has mm -hmm. a lot of ramifications, social ramifications, community ramifications, family ramifications, and they need to think this through. And so we want to make sure that they've got a copy of God's word so that even as they did hear the message, they've got something in their hands written that they can share, that they can read, that they can think over, and that God can continue to work in their hearts, that the Holy Spirit may speak to them as they read his word. So this is one of the areas that we've been focusing on. As I mentioned, our, we try to focus on strategic distribution, that we can get God's word in where God is working, where the Holy Spirit is really active, and we see that. And, and as we have continued to build a wider, broader network of partners, we keep hearing of God working in this country, and we look for opportunities to print and distribute in that country. So that's something that, uh, you know, a little bit unique. We don't have a single office outside of the U.S., even our little office here from here. Uh, you know, this is it. And yet we have in so many countries developed partnerships and networks with the believers there, with missionaries who are working there as well. Well, and it sounds like because you use nationals instead of cross-cultural missionaries, you uh, are very uh, economical in your approach. It definitely is. As I mentioned, we, we don't set up an office. We don't have a national director for each country that we work in. We find a partner that we feel we are aligned with that has a, a really burning passion for evangelism, for reaching out to the people in his neighborhood, in his country. And so we partner with them. And sometimes these partnerships last for the season, maybe a couple of years. And sometimes it may go on for five, seven, eight years. But we never try to establish our own operations, but use, you know, but build off of their existing missionary ministry. Mm -hmm. And come alongside them and support them and equip them and encourage them as they reach their own people. Now, some of these areas, as you mentioned, there are ramifications for following Christ. And some of these areas definitely deal with persecution. How do you come alongside the believers there? In countries like that, and I won't go into naming them, but we try to come in and play a role of encouragement. We have a seminar as we provide, for the most part, a copy of the Gospel of John. We provide Gospels of John just like the Gospel came to our people back in 1910, a single copy of the Gospel of John. And likewise, we want to equip them with that. And so as we provide Gospels of John, we'll bring them together for what we call a seed sower seminar. And this may be a, a two to four day seminar where we will do, in essence, a an intensive study on the Gospel of John. And we may have pastors, uh, missionaries, uh, sometimes it's a multinational group that comes in. We've had people come in from the U.S., from Canada, uh, from India going to other countries, things like that, and um, but all sharing uh, 
on the Gospel of John. And in the process of that time together, we try to encourage them. We want them to have this time to just rest in the Lord, rest in his spirit with us and get recharged to go back out. And so that's the role of encouragement. And we give them time for sharing as they share some of the things that they have faced, the oppression, the persecution, um, even the hardships caused by natural calamities like the earthquake in Nepal, things like that. Oh, our heart mm -hmm. just goes out to them. We know these people are on the front lines suffering. They're right there. Um, but they continue to reach out with the gospel. And that's what's so, so exciting to see that that's in the same way that it spread from our tribe, from my grandfather and those early Christians to the neighboring tribes. And now through the ministry of Bible Store, all literally around the world, that God is going to do that over and over as these people reach out to their their fellow Nepalis, their fellow Indians, their fellow Cambodians, whatever it may be. And we know that um, God's going to write another wonderful chapter in his story through these people that we are we are equipping and ministering to. Mm, I'm sure. Well, along with persecution, which is something that goes on frequently or all the time in certain areas, we live in an unusual time now with a viral pandemic upon us that's affecting so much of the world. How has that affected your ministry and the people that you reach in different areas? Well, I think this whole coronavirus, COVID-19 situation has caught everyone by surprise, and it has certainly sent a lot of us into times of searching and confusion. What is what is happening here in the world, and why is God allowing this to happen? And we certainly mm -hmm. know that there's the hand of the enemy in this because he wants to create confusion. He, our God is not a God of confusion and chaos. Those are those are the the weapons of the enemy. And so as we have been in this last couple of months, uh, reworking our plans, reworking our outreach strategies, uh, specific projects and events, we continue to seek the Lord for his wisdom and guidance. We had uh, projects that were planned for Turkey, reaching out to the Iranians who come there um for to celebrate the new year things like that were postponed um an outreach to china was postponed but we're also seeing a tremendous hunger for god's word in some of these countries where we have planned outreaches we see that across southeast asia all over india people are searching now they need the truth they need the hope that only jesus can bring them and it, even in china Amazingly, Wuhan, the city of Wuhan, which is the, the source of this uh, coronavirus, of the COVID-19. We've had so many calls from our, our national partners there that there are churches that are reaching out with God's word. And they ask us, can you provide scriptures for us? So we've just in the last couple of weeks, we have provided them with 50,000 Gospels of John and have told them that if you need up to 100,000, we'd be willing to provide them to you as you reach out. The people there are hungry. They know that they're not going to find the answers, whether it be from their government or in any worldly wisdom, as it were. 
but rather they know that there's, there's, they need more eternal answer. And that can only be provided to them through the God's word and through salvation in his son, Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Well, God is using you even at the source of the pandemic. Would you like to close us in prayer today? And let's pray for the partners that you have around the globe. I would love to, Chris. Our gracious and loving Heavenly Father, we just feel your presence in our midst, and we thank you, Lord, that you are a light. And your word is a lamp unto our path. And Father, we just pray right now as we reach out with your word, especially in this time of COVID-19, which has cast confusion across the entire world. Father, we pray right now for each of those listening, that you may guide them, that you may show them, reveal yourself to them and the clarity that your light brings. May they have it as they look ahead to the future. And Father, we pray the same thing for our partners in countries around the world. Father, we pray that this time of quarantine, of lockdowns, of shutdowns, that they may be able to break free of this and continue to share the wonderful message of salvation through your son jesus christ we pray that you will open doors opportunities people seeking them out people seeking the truth and hope that's only found in your word father we just pray that you will encourage them lift them up strengthen them as we join together father in the in the joint mission of reaching all the unreached, those who have never heard the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you that you allow us to play this role in the building of your kingdom. We are blessed. You don't need us, but yeah, you choose to use us. And Father, that is such an honor and that is such a blessing that we you have chosen to use us. So Father, I just commit each one of our partners, each one who is listening here, that we may be strengthened afresh to live and work for you, Father. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, may it be so. And you have a website, biblesfortheworld.org, where people can learn more about your ministry. Uh, Thank you so much for being with us today, John Podiety. We are just so touched by your personal story, by the heritage that you have in your tribe from Northeast India and how God has touched you from way back. You have an awesome heritage in the Lord. So thank you for sharing with us the ministry of Bibles for the World. Thank you, Chris. It's been such a blessing to be here with you today and uh, just pray that our our listeners also may be encouraged. I'm sure they are. 
I'm Chris Johnson. Thanks for joining us listeners here on Charisma Connection. And be sure to check out our growing network of podcasts. You can find out more about each of those at cpnshows.com, cpnshows.com. And also while you're there, be sure to check out the fact that you can now listen to Charisma Magazine just like you would an audiobook. You can get a free 10-day trial and listen in the spirit today. CharismaMediaAudio.com or CPNShows.com for more information on listening to Charisma Magazine. We thank you for listening today to Charisma Connection. This has been a production of the Charisma Podcast Network. Steve and Joyce Strang are the founders and owners of CPN. Dr. Steve Green is the executive producer of the Charisma Podcast Network. We intend to honor God with every podcast and remain thankful to our advertisers and supporters who make these podcasts possible.